0: You are listening to the San Antonio Zen Center Dharma Talks. The San Antonio Zen Center is supported solely by donation, so that everyone can participate in our offerings and programs, regardless of income. If you are able, please consider making a donation to SAZC through the donation button on our site, sanantoniozen.org, or by visiting paypal.me slash Thank you for your practice, and enjoy the talk.
1: Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Let's see. I might read this.
2: First, I want to express my gratitude for being asked to give a Dharma talk. Thank you. And um, for all beings who are endeavoring to um, come home to Buddha nature. And um, I, I thought I would take a look at um, the chant on Thursday, contemplate it, and see what ideas came up, the returning to the Buddha way uh, chant. And um, I just used the, um, the first paragraph, really, because it seemed like lots of information. Lots to work with. So it goes like this. Be, uh, yeah. Oh, I'll well, just have to get a little closer. We vow with all beings from this life on throughout countless lives to hear the true Dharma. Thank you. That upon hearing it, See, so everything lights up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that upon hearing it, no doubt will arise in us, nor will we lack in faith that upon meeting it, we shall renounce worldly affairs and maintain the Buddha Dharma, and that in doing so, the great earth and all living beings together will attain the Buddha way. Um, it's, I think, very beautiful, but I've decided to dissect it anyway. And, um, just the title is interesting because it implies that we were already in the Buddha way and that re- we're returning to it. Um, and that it's possible. So, um, this is the um, experience the Buddha had of returning to his true nature, returning to our true nature. I like to think of it as a homecoming um, given an experience I had at a retreat that I may tell you about later Um, but uh, let me talk about this a little bit Uh, it says we vow and so I thought it would be an interesting uh, um, practice to look into what vow means you know these uh, things that we chant are translated from Japanese. And I looked into the book uh, Living by Vow by uh, Okamura Roshi. And in it, he says, uh, Vow in Japanese is um, what we call vow, the Japanese word for it is not. Make a promise to ourselves or to others, but more of a, an aspiration to wish for something that is highly unlikely. To set it to me to set an intention to do the impossible. So, um, but of course, it is possible. But if you look at our Bodhisattva vows. Beings are numberless, I vow to save them. Delusions are inexhaustible, I vow to end them. Dharma gates are boundless, I vow to enter them. Buddha's way is unsurpassable, I vow to become it. You can see each one is an impossible proposition. I think one um, thing that makes it impossible is um, Uh, It's not like it happens and it's set forever, it's a continuous process. Anyway, so it's to set an intention with all beings. To save all beings, including ourselves. From this life on throughout countless lives. And um, I I don't know about reincarnation. The older I get, the more I want to believe in it. But um, I think uh, in my mind, what that means is countless samsaric cycles. Um, uh, The uh, samsara is um, these different realms of life, being in life. And um, my experience is that I can go through Uh, several samsaric cycles in 10 minutes of being on the cushion or anywhere else. So it's through these countless experiences that I am aspiring to hear the true dharma. Now, um, in living by vial, there's also a definition of dharma. Uh, And it's... um, Pretty broad uh, and, and specific, too. A term with various meanings, Dharma with capital D, refers to the truth or reality to which the Buddha awoke and the teachings of the Buddha as expressions or explanations of this truth. So it's um, a way to realize the truth and the realization of the truth itself with a lowercase d dharma and in the plural dharma means phenomenal beings norms of behavior ethical rules objects of thought ideas and reflections of things in the mind so to me that pretty much covers just about everything the third bodhisattva vow dharma gates are boundless i vow to enter them Anything that we experience is a potential dharma gate. It's a potential um, pathway home to our true being, to um, Buddha Dharma. So we hear this, if we hear the true Dharma, if we meet the true Dharma, It says here, no doubt will arise, nor will we lack in faith. So this kind of reminds me or reminded me of um, uh, the American psychologist, William James, when he talks about uh, mystical states, um, that when one experiences a mystical state or in interviewing people who have claimed to experience mystical states that they um, uh, allow direct insight into the depths of truth, the Dharma, that are unplumbed by our mere intellects. So there's something more than intellectual understanding happening. I think it's um, gets right into our marrow when we hear it. They are illuminations, uh, revelations, full of significance and importance. And they carry with them what James describes as a curious sense of authority. So um, it is something we experience and we know it's true in our marrow. And it it doesn't have to be a huge explosion. It can be very subtle and um, almost imperceptible, and I have a couple of examples of this from my own experience. So, um, and that upon meeting it, the true Dharma, that um, we shall renounce worldly affairs. Um, So in other words, what I think is that this, phrase, body and mind drops away. That the samsaric cycle uh, briefly is uh, in the background um, and uh, we have the experience of um, Buddha nature. And I believe Oh, here it is. And maintain the Buddha Dharma. Um, so again, what James says about this is, and I, I think it's true that a true Dharma experiences uh, often ineffable and transitory, just like a mystical experience. I believe, however, that it changes one. and moves one toward a more lasting experience of Buddha nature toward a more lasting homecoming to who we really are. uh, A lasting realization of Buddha nature. And it also motivates one to practice. So. So, uh, and it goes on and that in doing so, the great earth and all living beings together will attain the Buddha way. Again, that's an aspiration, isn't it? So. Um, that's what uh, occurred to me. I wanted to mention during this talk, I don't know if you guys know this, but the musicians of the San Antonio Symphony are on strike. I mentioned this because um, one of my earliest experiences of uh, meeting the way, the Buddha way was when I was a child. I didn't know. I wouldn't have called it that then. So this is gratitude. But um, when we were, I guess I was in first grade or maybe kindergarten, um, the school took us to a rehearsal of the orchestra in the Orleans, And for the first time I heard this uh, music live. And I remember closing my eyes and feeling myself as a comet flying through the universe, and this this freedom um, is not—it's not like anything I had ever experienced before, and um, it has stuck with me. Obviously, so I wanted to. Um, recognize these musicians who attempt to help us open that gate, the, um, the Dharma gate, that we can enter through music. And uh, I have a poem that I think expresses that, hopefully I can get through that, this poem without. Um, Well, let's see what happens. This is called Music by Ann Porter. When I was a child, I once sat sobbing on the floor beside my mother's piano as she played and sang. For there was in her singing a shy yet solemn glory my smallness could not hold. And when I asked why, when asked why I was crying, I had no words for it. I only shook my head and went on crying. Why is it that music, at its most beautiful, opens a wound in us, an ache, a desolation, deep as a homesickness for some far off and half forgotten country? I've never understood why this is so. But there's an ancient legend from the other side of the world that gives away the secret of this mysterious sorrow. For centuries on centuries, we've been wandering, but we were made for paradise as deer for the forest. And when music comes to us with its heavenly beauty, it brings us desolation. For when we hear it, we half remember the lost native country. We dimly remember the fields, their fragrant windswept clover, the bird songs on the orchards, the wild white violets in the moss by the transparent streams. And shining at the heart of it is the longed for beauty of the one who waits for us who will always wait for us in those radiant meadows, yet also came to live with us and wonders where we wander. To me, that's an expression of returning to the Buddha way. The uh, dormagate gate of music our Buddha nature being the one who waits for us that is always there and wanders with us. There's also, um, there's several Dharma gates like the boundless as, as the vow says. Another one is through the imagination. Um, and so, uh, I have a poem that expresses that it's called, I imagine, I imagine that Zazen staring at the wall moves me closer to the source that the source becomes less opaque as I become more transparent until I'm invisible and it is invisible and we are indivisible. So when I uh, read that to Debbie, she added with liberty and justice for all. (laughs) And it kind of goes along with the bodhisattva vow, doesn't it? It's liberty for all. It's liberty for all. Yes. And then there's um, experience in Shashim, that the practice of just sitting still and Vowing, aspiring to sit still until we walk through the gate to realization of Buddha nature. I have a poem about that too. This one I uh, finished on the last retreat I went to, which was a men's retreat. But it began on a zen retreat and it goes like this on retreat in a light-filled zendo i heard the dharma and wept buddha tears tears recycled from generations of buddha tears all finding fertile fields of broken hearts, cultivating compassion. So this was an experience I had at uh, Margaret Austin Retreat Center. Um, was sitting in Zazen listening to the Dharma talk and um, it I got a, a really a clear sense of the suffering of samsara, of um, the ordinary way we live um, in attachment and uh, aversion, and how it keeps me separate from Buddha nature, from who I really am, from who you really are, And I wept. Like a homesickness. Finally seeing it and returning home. I saw how we all are um, working together to realize uh, Buddha nature, the Buddha Dharma. Everything, everything was happening the same, but there was a knowing that we were all doing it together for the benefit of all beings. Everybody at the retreat was putting in uh, their effort to realize this. And I could uh, feel it and know it um, without doubt. And it's a weeping of gratitude, a weeping of loss. Well, I think that's um, uh, all I'm going to say. And uh, uh, now we'll entertain comments and questions. Thank you all very much for listening and being here. Uh, feel very supported.
1: Well, thank you Rick for telling us about your beautiful experience as a child especially and then at the uh, retreat center and uh, it really sinks in and you know the Dharma reality that we're all working towards so I thank you for that. Sure. Thank you, Rick, for uh, delivering such a hopeful message. <laughs> it was that figure, you know, moment by moment. It's not time limited. It's not getting it done. It's not what waiting anyway for. It's, it's just there. It's just hopeful. And that opportunity to set our intention moment by moment, to look closer um. to you. Uh, you that. You're welcome, and thank you. That's a very rich talk, mm-hmm. rich with so many things to ponder and, and kind of tying in so many loose ends, that we think about it. Um, you know, these things that suddenly come up and illuminate experience and the things that suddenly we remember from a long time ago mm-hmm. that suddenly make sense. Um, we can't just let them pass by. you know we have to let them do their work. And, uh, it's hard to put words to them, but we've done a beautiful job with it. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I especially like the explanation of uh, what thou means in Japanese. Um, I loved your sharing about music. It's very hard to express that and you, you did. Um, I like the poetry and how, how vulnerable you are willing to be to Be of help and support to others. The William James quote stood out for me, and I feel like I too have experienced these moments of truth. there haven't been a lot of them. They're more like a handful of almost like little bullet points, you know, and they kind of jump out every now and then. But somehow, I feel like they're pieces of a puzzle that I'm trying to put together um, in terms of my own I guess would be the on coldness. Another psychologist comes to my colleague who talks about individuation. Mm-hmm. I feel like these moments of truth somehow fit together to form. It um, really true each of us individually. Thank you, Andrew. It's good to see you.
3: There we go. Thank you, Dokkan.
2: Thank you. It's great to see you.
3: It's nice to see you, too. Um, The the experience that you described when you were a child, it sounds like you liked the music.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that right? Uh (laughs) Uh-huh.
3: What happens when you hear music that you don't like?
2: You know, um, there's uh, less of that now, but um, usually I'll complain. <laughs> <laughs> I, it goes something like this. How? It, it's usually in a public place, because you know. I don't want to disparage any type of music, but there's a lot of it here. And some of it I don't like. Um, so my complaint is, did I really think that everybody likes this music? It's like going to a place, a public place and they're playing heavy metal. <laughs> Not everybody's gonna like that. So that's how it usually goes. And of course it's another opportunity, right, to um, study the self.
3: Yeah, that was my question. It seems like it should be, but it's harder. What's harder? It's it's harder to remember to notice. Oh, if you yeah. don't like it, I think.
2: Yeah, it's easier to get caught up in aversion.
3: Yes. Uh,
2: yeah. <laughs> like, how is it that other people don't like the same music?
3: it's a mystery to me as well (laughs) thank you
2: thank you great question about that time thank you all very much folks here in the studio audience and at home our intentions equally extend to every being and place with the true merit of the Buddha's way. Beings are numberless. I vow to save them. Delusions are inexhaustible. I vow to end them. Dharma gates are boundless, I vow to enter them, Buddha's way is
1: unsurpassable, I vow to become it. Let's see.
2: Good morning.
0: Again, um, right now we are in the middle of our half-day sitting, so the the um, the feed will end in a few minutes. Uh, next Saturday um, gets to Heather will be giving the, the Dharma talk and then uh, afterwards we'll we'll take a break of, of uh, two to three hours and then we'll uh, have a ceremony for Heather's lay entrustment. The following week, um, the uh, the Monday evening through uh, I don't have my calendar in front of me. Um, I think it's the twenty sixth. Uh, around noon on the twenty sixth through noon on the twenty eighth, I believe I will be both Heather and I will be away uh, at the Branching Streams meeting. So. Um, zoom or, or uh, zazen may, may be a little iffy those days uh, but we'll see if, see what kind of, kind of coverage we can arrange there's always something i'm forgetting so i'm just going to forget it so uh Thank you all very much. We are going to take about a seven minute break during which time some of us will put the Zendel back together and then uh, we'll resume our, our setting. Okay.
1: That's a good day.